can you imagine having your mom know exactly who you were? Oh my God. I would have loved that. Oh my God. That would have changed my life forever. <laughs> Today's guest is Deborah Silverman. Deborah is an astrologer, teacher, psychotherapist, and author. She's developed a unique psychological spiritual model, combining her expertise in esoteric, meaning soul-centered astrology, with her extensive education in psychology to help those going through major life changes, especially in crisis. This episode gets interesting. Get ready to learn about my own astrological chart, the history of the science of astrology, and how your observer, the conscious awareness in your mind, is a slut. Okay, okay, yes, we do use that word and talk about it in this episode, but it doesn't mean what you think it means. You'll have to listen to find out. Here we go. Deborah, thank you so much for coming on the Human First podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing so good. That's so good. I, I'm so excited to talk about what we're going to talk about. You just asked me right before we hit recording if I can speak astrology or know anything about it. And my answer was no, other than knowing that I'm a Leo. <laughs> but before we get started, I really would love for my listeners to just get to know who you are as a human something that they can't necessarily read online about your professionalism. Who are you, Deborah? I am older than I look. I'm in my mid headed towards 70. So I've had a long life of really celebrating the possibility to stay awake inside the dream, like wanting nothing more, like wanting to figure out how could I not repeat what I was programmed with? Cause I was growing up in the sixties and seventies. I, I, that's when I was young certainly the seventies, how do I stay awake inside the stream and create a reality that's individualistic and then support others to do the same by stepping away from that hardwired operating system, the executive operating system, which is clearly not working and nor should it. <laughs> it's, right. built for, it's built for failure. Everybody gets into relationships, they break, they get into jobs they don't like, they do things that they're like, who, who's giving me this information? So I, what I think is not obvious is I'm not just an astrologer and a psychotherapist. I am an embodiment with a promise this life that said, don't let me fall asleep. Like, like keep me, yeah. you know, how do you like throw the water on me? Wake me up. I don't know what you got to do, but keep me awake. So I can really be an example for my children and for the future that we don't have to go on automatic and play the game our parents programmed us with. So it's not been easy. Mm -hmm. I think I've done a pretty good job. How has it been using that philosophy to raise your children? Well, as they said, without me knowing their chart, it wouldn't have been the same. Like I was able to say, you know, your personality type, I can't ask you to go to the party because you're an antisocial creature. And the other one, I can't tell you to get off the phone. You mm -hmm. are a social creature. So I knew the personality types and I could say, which was an amazing asset and why I'm in love with astrology, because can you imagine having your mom know exactly who you were? Oh my God. I would have loved that. Oh my God. That would have changed my life forever. <laughs> and that's my goal is to teach parents and people who are working with children, how to really understand them on their terms. Yeah. That's really amazing. Yeah. That would just change the parenting style. It would, it would, it would, I believe significantly reduce the amount of trauma that we have in the world today exactly. because it starts so much by just not understanding who the people are around us. I had the privilege and I lived in Vancouver for 20 years in Canada. And I, I worked at a private school for one point where I literally spent six months of that year 
teaching the teachers who each student was. Wow. So don't be putting Deborah next to Susie. They can't stop talking. But you can definitely teach Henry about art because it's all over his chart. Oh, my God. Oh I know, God. that's the future. That's the future, but we're not there yet. We're not there yet, but we are on our way. And I'm so excited to be talking about this. It sounds like the solution. The it is solution. a solution. It's, it's exactly what we just saw, this crazy event that happened at the Oscars that no one will stop talking about. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. But the outrage of emotional charge that we sit with, so many of us, especially in this time period, which there's 7.8 billion people. So we're all stressed because the frequency of people in your field and 5G, I suffered from tinnitus. So I hear a buzz all the time. This is all a symptom of we're being pressured. And so when we act out, because we don't know how to manage our own nature, because we don't know what we're made out of. So I've written a book called The Missing Element. And in the book, in the middle, there's a test you take and you figure out what of the four elements am I missing? And then you complement it by cultivating it, which, you know, creates a balance. And then that pressure cooker that makes us do the strangest things <laughs> is not so vulnerable. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited to talk about that more. I have a question to dive into the four elements, but let's start off with, for people who have absolutely no idea what I mean, when I say the word astrology or what you mean when you say the word astrology, can you define that? What, what is astrology? It's an ancient, it's about 4,000 years old. It was brought to us. If you ask me, I don't, I've just started telling people this because that's, we're in 2022. It was clearly brought to us by a higher intelligence that probably was an ET influence because it's airtight. Like when I look at your chart and people come for readings, they're like, you know me better than my mom does. Yes, because this is an ancient science based on astronomy. It's hard science. It's simply where were the planets at the moment of your birth? They calculate with the computer. It used to be hours of mathematics. Where was the moon at the moment when you were born at that time in that city? Where in the position of the sky was it? Was the sun rising? Was the sun setting? So all of those variables are put on a piece of paper. It's hard science. And then the astrologer's job is to look at that and go, let me translate this into English. Now there's the art. Mm -hmm. and, and I have certified astrologers on my team that I've trained. There's probably about 20 of them who are really well-trained, but most astrologers, because of the complexity, they go into jargon. Like your Venus is conjunct your Saturn, which is opposite your moon from the second to the eighth. Like you're like, excuse me. So yeah. they do this thing. I'm like, I just, I teach my teachers, all of my students, all my mentors, just talk English. Yeah. So essentially astrology is a translation in English of what was the promise you made? What's your handicaps? Where's your strengths? And what's the timing in your life? When did astrology start becoming a recognizable healing practice for mental health? Like, or, or was that always the intention? That was me. And that was Carl Jung. He did it. Carl Jung was, a, a, was an astrologer. The first wow. time they ever used the word psychiatry or psychology was in 1930 when they found Pluto. And Pluto wow. is the furthest planet out and it rules the unconscious. It rules, we can't see it. They only found Pluto because they had a big enough telescope to deduct the energetics. There was no way to, we can't see it. It's so far away, which is the nature of psychology. We can't see it. There's no book that comes with the baby that says your kid's personality. Wouldn't that be cool? It would be so helpful. <laughs> Manual included as well as batteries. 
Yes. Oh my God. But that's, but that's what astrology is. So the answer to your question is, you know, it's an ancient science that stood alone as a predictive tool for the kings and the queens. And it was left for only men in the parlors of the you know, royalty. And then fast forward, I want to say 19, it must've been about 1970s when the first computers came out, we could make a chart with the computer. You can imagine, I was like, <laughs> what? And I got that funny looking computer where you stick the disc in and these big yeah. pages came out. Oh my God, I'm aging <laughs> myself. And then astrology became a tool, first of all, to predict, but that's not what I do. The psychological part was my own spiritual purpose this life, but it was complemented by Carl Jung, who was, who said, psychology will be a dinosaur science until it includes astrology. But, you know, people still poo-poo it because it requires some education. I teach it very simply. I have a school that within six weeks you would love, you, like you fall in love with yourself because there's only 10 people in a room and all you're doing is studying the Leo's chart. We're just studying you. Wow. Why do you think people are so against it? I feel like, I feel like it's very dichotomous. Like people are either very, very into it or they're absolutely against it and believe, yeah, it, it's poo-poo. Why is that? It's religion because when religion found out there was a tool that could assist people to have some insight about God's will, it was like, what do you mean? You don't need us. So they poo-pooed it and they wrote in the Bible, it was black magic. So oh, all wow. the Christians, all the Christians don't believe in it. The serious old school Christians from the old Testament, the Jews believe in it. It's interesting because the original religion of Jews were pagans and they had this thing called the four worlds and the Kabbalistic world that was all based on astrology, but the Christianity completely obliterated it. They didn't want you to have power to be able to say, you know, this child doesn't want to go to church because they're a rebel. <laughs> like right. what? There'll be yeah. no excuses for you to not to follow the leader. Right. So when you say that you, that you have a way of teaching it, that makes people understand it more than being taught in any other way, what is it that's different? I really focus exclusively on purpose. Why are you here? Not all astrologers do that. I'm very that's, I think the most important question on earth. <laughs> Why right. did they send me here anyways? And what am I supposed to do again? And I really focus on timing. Like what's the cycle? Like, when is it good to get pregnant? Do I even, should I even get pregnant? Is it time for me to get married? Is this the right relationship? Those big fat questions, while they can't be answered with yes or no, they can be unpacked by a really good astrologer who understands you and wants you to be you. Yeah. That's the psychological piece versus prediction. What does it mean for people to become their own inner observer and to see things that they say and do objectively? I like your Mercury's in Virgo. You're, you're showing me how clean your thoughts are. Virgo is the neat freak and Mercury is how you think. So your mind is clean. It's unusual. <laughs> All of my life's work in that book, The Missing Element, it's basically a book teaching about the observer. And the observer is, we all have one. You could also call it the soul. It stands outside of your ego and it just observes you. It doesn't, so the distinction I make is the toast is burnt. That's an observation. The judgment is you idiot. You burnt the toast again. Now that's a judgment, but the toast is burnt is a subjective, a, 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 an objective, factual observation. If in life you could just objectively observe yourself without the critic interpreting and judging and your mom's voice and your dad, like, Wow. Yeah. So the observer is a neutral and it's a skill. You know, I'm in the middle of an emotional moment. 
And my observer kicks in and goes, Deb, you are such a wreck right now. <laughs> like it's not, in, it's not making me wrong. And then I go, and it goes, listen, in a minute or two, or whenever you're ready, we're going to talk this out. But I, the observer loves you, is in yeah. love with you. It's a neutral, it's kind of, I call the observer or the soul, you're going to love this, a slut. Like it loves every <laughs> single experience it could have. <laughs> yes. It has no preferences. So you're sick, you're fat, you're thin, you're ugly, you're who the observer's like, ooh. So it's a simple, like a reporter at the newspaper and it has your back. And when you become friends with your observer, it's a practice because it's not natural. The ego is a wild creature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like dun, 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 taking over everything. I think you're an idiot and I'm going to prove it to you. <laughs> yes. Are people afraid of their observer in the beginning when you it's first not, start working? Not, with no, them? it's not afraid. It's just, it's like going to work out. It's just hard to get the thing off the bar. It's just, it's not, there's nothing to be, there's no fear, just uneducated yeah. and non-practiced. What would be like a good practice regimen? How would people begin to do this? Well, one, read your book and then. And then I have a course called Tell Me a Story, which is T-M-A-S.co. Tell Me a Story is a course that it's a writing class. And it literally, I teach people right in the middle of their story with the, to turn on their observer and they do it live time. It's So how do you learn it? Meditation mm. stops everything. You get a breath, turn off the internal dialogue. That's the observer. Yoga in Shavasana at the end, the observer comes mm. on, no noise, simply witnessing. Yeah. There's ways to do it. It's just an undeveloped, it's the essence of my life's work. It's funny you went right to that. That is the, any astrologer's job is to say, I'll become your observer. I'll describe you to you without mm. the judgments. I'll describe you to you without interpretation and see if this is true. And then you, we have a dialogue and my astrology is just as much about your input about your chart as it is about me hmm. saying the potential of what's possible. That's nice. So it's like a, yeah, a dual relationship. You're co-creating the understanding. Totally. I love that. How can I, I mean, be an expert on you when you're an expert on you? You just don't have the words. Oh my God. Yeah. And if we could all really understand that, like I even think parents, for example, it's like, you think, you know, your kid just because they're your kid. That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Would you just know what was inside a book just because you had just purchased it? No, you would need to read it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it, the elements. How can we learn more about ourselves using the four elements, water, air, earth, and fire? So if we use your chart, which I was just looking at, everyone's missing or has a predominance of elements. You have an excessive amount of earth. Mm -hmm. So let me describe the four. And then I'm just going to say that, and you're going to tell me which ones you don't have. Okay. So the first one is water. Cause we start in a womb for nine months. We're in water. So we always start with water. When you go to the party, the first thing they do is hand you a glass. Everything starts with water. When you get, get up in the morning, first thing you do is go to the bathroom, water. Mm -hmm. Water is the sensitive mush pushes in the world who they feel everything. They don't like to talk. They're mystical, magical. They love to cook. They love animals. They love babies and they love staying home. They're just super sensitive. It's why it's tears. It's like, don't bug me. And they have an incredible gift of compassion. This is the Dalai Lama. They meditate. They like quiet. 
and they get their feelings hurt like this. So they, they have to be very careful. Air is the element of talking and thinking, and I'm doing air right now. La, 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 podcast and verbalizing and socializing and dippy doo-dah and lots of people and social media and Instagram. And don't we love all this? You have none in your chart. Oh my God. <laughs> like dippy doo-dah, being impractical, being irrational, being late, you know, just airheads. Doesn't that bug you, those people? Yes. <laughs> it, it does. That's my husband. <laughs> and they- we always marry the missing element. We do. That's so funny. <laughs> then earth is the element. So if air is all social and butterfly and fun and light and dippy and forgetful, and you know, then earth is like, no, this is a schedule. Here's how much we're making. Here's the organization. Here's the research. I've written notes. I've got my little file. Here's the insurance. Here's the car. Here's where, how we're going to buy that. I did some, they're like super duper practical. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then last category is fire. And that's where you're like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm jumping up and down. I'm going for a run. I'm going to go play tennis and I'm going to go take the kids out and we're going to play ball. And then I'm going to come home and then we're going to order in because I have no time to cook because I had so much fun today. They're like, they're having a party. Yeah. Dramatic, loud, vivacious, inspiring, completely on fire. Mm. So all four are needed to drive a car. You need four wheels to have all four elements and balances the game. However, we're built with propensities. Go to an astrologer and they tell you, or you read my book, it's, it's the cheap way. And you, um, you just figure out what's the missing element based on, because if you're missing an element, like you're in, you have no air, but you run a podcast, which is a communication skill. So it doesn't mean you don't have it at all. Yeah. It just means it's not your favorite thing when someone's late or they don't know what they're like. You're just like earth. I, people used to tell me all the time that I was, just had a bunch of fire, but I don't, you don't, but I didn't really feel like that. You do not. I like to just be on time direct and I like to have my space and I like to interact only if it's going to be productive and lead to something. If not, don't waste my time. Exactly. Like, you know, that's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. You don't have any, you have only one planet in fire. So whoever told you that's not true mm. out of the 10, you only have one in fire. Wow. So what else does it say? <laughs> it says that you had, should I be really honest and just give you some headlines? I would the love that. There's something about your childhood where the mom and dad didn't get along. And so the challenge you had was there was a struggle of wills in your household. And so then you became an echo chamber of that, like tension became familiar. So you're having to learn about peace this life. Like you don't have to make things hard. Yeah. You don't have to try extra hard all the time because they, your dynamic and your childhood imprinted you with a difficult imprint that you're changing. Do you have children? I have one three-year-old son, yeah. Because you are built to be a mom. Oh, that means so much because That's yeah, my, my parents, I didn't even have my dad in my life and my mom doesn't know how to emotionally connect and not, can only think about herself and not even in a bad way, just she literally doesn't know I exist in some way, you know, <laughs> I know. And so exactly. I named, I had one of those. Yeah. I, I named my son Bodhi for enlightenment. Cause I really just wanted him to help me. And I wanted to help him find grounding. And yes. you're saying I'm earth. <laughs> you are so grounded and you're such a great mom. Your chart literally like playing house for you being a mom. You've got Jupiter and Venus in cancer. Like Jupiter is what the biggest, it's a hundred times the size of earth. And it's sitting next to Venus, what you love. So it's really, and it's in the sign of the mom. Mm. 
I do love him. I love being a mom. And I get really sad when my work takes me away from him. I feel like if I could do just that, that's all I would want to do. But your six planets and earth won't let you. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. What is it like? Is there anything else you think would be really interesting for me to know about my birth chart? The the last thing I'd say is when you were born, there was a triangle in the heavens, literally three planets, all 120 degrees apart, all in earth signs. So it's called a grand trine in earth. Wow. And it says that your ability to manifest is effortless. Like you got to be I really feel that way. You got to be careful what you ask for because you're just earth and manifestation. I call it woman festing, not manifesting. You just woman fest. <laughs> I love that. I've never heard that before. I made it up. <laughs> oh, I'm glad my listeners will get to hear it. Have you ever had a, have you ever had somebody just be upset about their birth chart? Like feeling like, the truth was too much. And how did you handle that? It wasn't me. When they come in to see me and they say, I went to this astrologer and she was so mean. And she told me I'm never having children. Or she told me my chart is really difficult. So it gets spoken to. It's not how I see the world. Mm. In fact, the heart of the chart, like your chart, the, the clue that the parents were separated is right there. Your sun squares your moon. That's a really good thing if you're a soul that wants to grow because we grow out of pain. That's how it goes down here. I want to talk more about that. It feels like, you know, sometimes people will say when they hear the phrases like turn your pain into purpose, or there's a reason for everything that they can feel like that's sort of like bypassing and making them feel like they were supposed to experience pain. And then there's other people who hear those things and they just go, yeah, that makes complete sense to me. Why do you think people get so confused that something can come out of pain, but that the pain didn't have to be? intentional? The simple answer is the human condition, and we are the only creatures that can cry. They say you can't see the tears of the whale. And certainly you can feel your dog's sadness, but there's no cognizance to how to, Mm. he can't track. We're the only ones that can actually track. Oh my God, I'm going to cry over the death of my child for the rest of my life. Pain is a human dimension. And for some reason, we resist. I mean, it's so obvious the birthing canal (laughs) You only have to give birth once to know, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) So if pain is the entrance of coming onto planet earth, it would assume you would have thought that the program would have been built in that said, don't be afraid. This is a good thing. I tell you, but instead we resist, we resist, we resist. So it's a very confusing dynamic. We try to avoid it at all costs. And yet, if you think back to the biggest teachings in your lifetime, they are all the result of pain. Yeah. What was your life like before you started diving into astrology and what is it like now? I was 10 years old, so it's not a good question. (laughs) I I found astrology in the Detroit news in the comic section and I wrote away and got a chart, but that's not really accurate. I started practicing when I was 20, as I told you, I'm in my mid sixties. So it was a long time ago. To say that it gave me the answers immediately is untrue, but as the years have gone by, and this is the gift of aging, you all need to hear this, it gets better and better. Like now, you know, I have a friend who I ask a lot of questions. I'm not doing that today because you're the interviewer, but I, like you, we both have Libra rising. I'm the same rising sign. It's it's a very curious, it's like so nosy. So Mm -hmm. I'm always asking millions of, I'm like, I'm genuinely so nosy especially if it's weird shit. I really like that. <laughs> right. so, and, he, and I have a friend who's a fisherman 
And he says things like, oh my God, you're making me think because he's all water. He lives in the nonverbal zone where he likes the quiet. So when I start doing, excuse me, excuse me, tell me about that fish. And he looks at me and I go, oh God, now I know to say, excuse (laughs) me, I am error and this is not going away. Now I can be quiet and I've learned your land because I studied the four elements so I can do silence, but you cannot tell me not to ask questions. So you give yourself back to conviction around what you know is your essence. Yeah. Very liberating. And so when I was younger, the element of fire is very strong in me and I work out every day, which is probably part of why I don't look like I'm as old as I am. And I think it's took me years and years to be comfortable with the fact that Nobody wanted to go play tennis, then go for a run, then jump on the bike. Then, and I had to give myself permission to go, Dad, this is you. Yeah. And it's now I'm in my own flow, my own rhythm, and it's just the best feeling in the whole world. Tell me a little bit, if you don't mind, about the, how you do psychotherapy and astrology. What, how do they fuse together? And what does that look like when you're working with someone? Yes. So I am no longer in practice, but I have many that I've trained. It's the shortcut, for God's sake. People would come to see me. This was, I was in graduate school and they would sit down and have a session. They're coming to therapy. To, you know, I'm doing supervision. They're watching me. And I start off and they start telling me everything that's wrong with them. Welcome to therapy. Oh my God, I have this ridiculous low grade energy. I feel depressed all the time. And I look at the chart and I go, hold on a minute. You're water. This isn't low grade depression. This is quiet. How did you interpret that as being a problem? Why don't you do this? Why don't you learn, put this music on, go do this practice, here's something. And then they shift from calling themselves low grade depressed to I'm a high sensitive and this is the medicine I need. So I look at the chart and very quickly, and it happens right in the book. When you read that book and tell me a story, those two particularly tell me a story. It's, it is my psychotherapy practice. I, I heard in Africa that if you have a gift and you don't use it, the gods will come get you. So I got a little scared and I stopped doing it. I was like, uh-oh, like I can't stop doing therapy because it is a gift. And then I realized, oh, I just wrote this program. I wrote this whole you know, two, four-part class, an hour and a half each, and people's lives change. Yeah. What do people say when, when they, when they tell you about the outcomes? It's so crazy. They fall in love with themselves right in front of me. Their internal dialogue changes. They're not so mean. They Mm. catch themselves. They tell me a story teaches you how to, as you asked, how do I turn the observer on? And their observer goes, why are you talking shit about yourself? Mm. I, I, this is how I do it. I go observer on. (laughs) (laughs) I say it out loud when I'm alone, observer on. And then I go, oh, that's right. I'm in a, I'm in a circle right now. I'm in a. Wow. That sounds really powerful. It sounds like control over your mind versus your mind controlling you. Bingo. You just wow. got it. Ding, 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 ding. That was very good. This is one of the best podcasts I've ever done. You are an excellent interviewer. Thank Labor you. rising. Me too. Yay. <laughs> we can vibe. What would be a message that you, so somebody's listening to this, this podcast and they're thinking, wow, this sounds like this would be so helpful. And my skeptical mind is still like, I don't know if, if they were, if they came in right now and they said that to you, what would your response to them be? I'd say, did any of you know that Courtney had six planets in earth and was the most grounded person? I have never met her before and that her parents separated and she had a hard childhood, which was an imprint. She had to get away from. How did I do that? You don't have to believe in it. It believes in you. I don't care if you believe in it. I don't really understand it. 
And I'll tell you something, after 45 years of being in practice, every single time it's worked. So I tell them, listen, you didn't believe in, if I told you about love and you'd never seen it and you can't ever write it down, you can't ever touch it. You'd be like, oh, really? I'd be like, wait till you feel it. Yeah. You won't deny that when that baby comes out and it's on your breast and you're like, (gasps) then you tell me you don't believe in love. So have a direct experience is my suggestion and let one of my, you know, really well trained astrologers, not the garbly gook stuff that's on Instagram. (laughs) There's so many astrologers. I have some excellently developed, rigorously trained astrologers who work for me. It's 225 bucks. You get a reading and you, and, and then you can tell me you don't believe in it. So how can they access that? Where can they go? Just go to DebraSilvermanAstrology.com, my website, and it says work with me and there'll be a, and you know what else I do? I do, ready? I'm always sing at this part. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a fun. I matchmake people. So if you send me your birth date, I look at your chart. Then I look at one of my certified astrologers and go, these two will really get along. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, so that's I- Silverman support at Gmail. That's what you write to. Cool. So how do you find the people that you want to bring in and, and teach them the way that you do astrology? I have thousands of students every year that come study. So there's um, twice a year, I have a school in September and in January. And there's only 10 people in the class because you're going to study your own chart. It's not like a general class. It's a very unique class. It's specifically about your chart. Mm-hmm. And then you sign up for the wait list and then it, it's, it's a thousand bucks. It's a six week class. And it's my favorite thing in the world. I get these love letters and people send me <laughs> gifts and because their lives change. Yeah. One year at, New, at Thanksgiving, my daughter-in-law was sitting at the table and she said, we were all going around and saying our suit. I'll never forget this. Everyone was saying their superpowers, which I remember some of the people's, my family. And then she got to me and she said, well, I said, what's my superpower? And she said, you change people's lives and nothing's the same. I was like, hold on a minute. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back. Well, what is that like for you? It's very humbling. You know, I can't take the credit. It's not really me. It's an ancient science that I happen to be. I'm very good at talking English. I don't make it garb. How do you say jargon and gobbledygook and spiritual yeah. spiritual? I don't do spiritual spiritual. I do real practical. So what, what happens is I've had to learn. I practice humility every day. And just say. Don't be impressed. I'm just a very, very good listener and a really good responder to spirit. I listen. Yeah. You do too. Thank you. I have just one final question for you. How can people differentiate between actual astrology and helpful integration and the jargon that is all over? Instagram and other places? One, you can use your intuition. Two, pay attention to their ego. How much are they talking about themselves? How much jargon are they using? Do you feel it? Do you feel the embodiment? And then three, and probably the most important is references. Ask someone, do you have you, that, that's what I would say to someone. Can I talk to someone that's had a session with you? Mm. Yeah. Cause it'd be weird if they said no. like what why not (laughs) I love that anything else that you want to leave our listeners with Deborah I just want to say this is the weirdest time I call it her story instead of history we're done with his story we're doing hers now 
this is the weirdest time in her story. I, I can't imagine being a millennial knowing what I know about climate crisis and seeing what's happening in Russia, in the Ukraine. And I wanna to say to everyone as an elder, this too shall pass. There is a design, as Einstein said, God is not playing with dice. There is an order. Astrology has confirmed for me that there's a magical intelligence so far beyond ours to rest with. But don't let this mind of yours and the noise factory that it, that it produces lay, take you astray. You, you really need to, to learn a premise, which is life has my back. Like, mm. let, that be your, let that be your mantra. Life has my back. I've seen it my whole life. It always works out. Like it happened to you and me. We both didn't have moms or dads that really, and then we ended up becoming a good mom and dad. So, so don't assume your mind's telling you the truth and insert life has my back. I, I feel safe. Even if it's not true, fake it till you make it. Because once you become your nervous system starts to acclimate with a truth. I think it is true. I know it's true. Yeah. It has my back and I'm safe, but that's a long time coming. And I encourage all of you to practice seeing if you can borrow those words and make them your truth. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, last final segment is called, Oh my God, you're a human. What is one unapologetically human thing that you do? I laugh when I shouldn't. I find humor in the strangest things. I don't think it's appropriate. I do that too. Like awful. Yeah, it's not good, but I can't like, help it. Can't it's, either. Libra. My, it's Libra. My husband will like trip and fall in front of me and everyone will be like, are you okay? And I'm just laughing. And it's like, <laughs> I, I totally care if you're hurt or not, but I can't help it. I don't know why that happens. It's Libra. like, you're such a it's, bitch. It's air. Like, no. It's like, it's just a joke. This whole, it's so, it looks so funny. Maybe that's what it is too. It's whenever there's like a, a glitch in like the way, oh, oh, you what... think it's, it's so good. Cause it's like, oh yeah, this is all just like, you know, we're all just in this game of life. So pretending funny. we know what we're doing when we just trip. Yeah. Right. Deborah, thank you so, so, so much. This was an excellent conversation. And, and I truly believe that my listeners will, the ones who already had an astrology background will go and for everybody listening, I'll put everything you mentioned in the show notes websites, social links, and to people who were thinking it was just a bunch of baloney, I, I, I believe that this podcast episode will lead them towards the truth. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Human First. Please subscribe, leave a review. It really helps with being able to keep this podcast free and share it on your social media to help spread the message. Tag me at the period truth period doctor. As always, I'm glad that you exist. See you next week.